Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Jay, uh, and I want to thank you for joining me tonight. We're going to get into the Word here in just a little bit. I want to ask you all to go into prayer with me for a lot of people. <clears throat> so many, I can't name all the names. There's just so many, so much stuff going on. There's so many sick folks, uh, people with COVID, people with the flu, people uh, facing all kinds of things, death in families, heartbreak, heartache, everywhere you turn. And if you have any prayer requests and you want to send them in to us, uh, you know, you can text us or or get us on Facebook and message us and we will gladly lift you up. And we just want to make that option available to you because it's so very important prayer is. Um, we want to we wanna thank God for our little Bible study group that we have on Tuesday nights. Um, we are going into discipleship and evangelism. We've already started um, it's been very anointed. I feel like God is doing great things with our group and will continue to do that. Uh, we are growing spiritually, and that is so very important. Uh, we're going into the depths of the Word. If you're interested in learning something that you typically don't get in uh, the the sermons at church on a quick Sunday morning, uh, if you're interested in understanding who you are in Christ what your purpose is in this world. If you want to know about you and God and your relationship and what God has called you to do and what God expects of you, if you want to know what God is asking you to do on every day, every day of your life, if you want to learn how to apply the scriptures to your daily living, if you want to know how to, to read the word and understand it, and not be lost in interpretation. If you want to learn how to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to come and join us. You can message me, and I will let you know when this is, where this is. Uh, but it is a fantastic thing in which we, we have began. And who knows how long it's going to last. We're going to do it until we, we feel God is done with it, until we've reached the end and of, of your purpose-filled life. So... Uh, please do message me if you want to join in on that. It is absolutely great. I want to talk to you about Timothy, the books of Timothy. Two of my favorite books in the whole Bible. And I have taught a lot out of Timothy. Um, these are, and I, I'm, I'm going to set the, this up pretty much tonight. But Timothy is such a great set of books for church um, uh, customs, for the things that's supposed to be going on in the church, Paul wastes no time in investing in this in this young man. Paul was imprisoned at this time; he was awaiting execution, and he knew his time on this earth is short, uh, or was short, I should say. And he is investing every single thing he's got, every resource he has, he is giving to Timothy. We are privileged privileged to have gotten uh, these letters, that these letters was saved. These were letters that was written from Paul to Timothy with the expectation that these wouldn't remain just private letters, but they would be read to the churches in that day and even to us today. Because like I said, it involves everything that has to do with end times living and, and how things are to be handled in the church, how you are to be as a disciple. I mean, Paul is pouring out his heart to this young man. 
to save the church to, so that he could go forward when Paul is gone and has been martyred, that he would be able to carry on the fight, the torch, if you will, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that he would remain faithful to it, and that he was going to have a lot of opposition. He was, and we know that Timothy himself was martyred for the cause of Jesus Christ, and he was in Ephesus, which was an epicenter of its day of trade and 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 migration through the land. It was extremely important that Timothy was able to keep things uh, doctrinally correct and the church uh, operating correctly. One of the things that I think we miss in these days is, speaking of the church, is we have to understand, uh, and I've pastored for three decades, and you have to understand that it isn't your way or the highway. It's, it's about pastoring God's church and using the Bible to direct us in how to handle God's church and what to do in church, what to teach in church, how to handle uh, disputes in church, how to handle good things that happen in the church, how to handle church growth, how to how to teach the job of a pastor. Uh, we are to 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 help people to to give to you to enhance your uh, your relationship with Jesus Christ to prepare you for the work of the ministry. That's what we're to do, is to, to bring the word to you and to prepare you to take on the work, that, you know, so that you can be a responsible disciple for Jesus Christ, well-equipped in the word to go out and face the devil, in which you will, to face all the opposition that's in the world today, and you will, and, and to rescue people out of the death grip of the devil himself and to save these people, bring them to Jesus Christ so that they can be saved. Man, it was really bad back in Timothy's day. I mean, it was illegal to meet in most places. To be a Christian was illegal. Uh, we're fast approaching that in today's world today. I mean, we are just on a fast track to persecute Christianity for sure in the United States of America even. Uh, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Uh, in, in Timothy's day, you could be executed if you were found meeting uh, in one another's house. You know, we talked about this in one of our discipleship classes. A lot of people have asked, what is that fish symbol that I see with a cross in it? And what does that mean? Well, that was an ancient symbol it was a secret symbol. And when you were going to someone's house, uh, if you suspected that they were having church and they were, they were a Christian church, you might come up to the guy who's standing at the door just kind of watching over things and making sure that no, uh, nobody comes in to, 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 to arrest people and to maybe do harm to the people. And so he might draw one half of the fish on the ground, just kind of nonchalant-like, and then you would take the stick and draw the other half, and then he would know you're a Christian, and you would know he's a Christian, and that's how you got into the, to the assembly. These were perilous times, very, very perilous times. And Timothy was is being asked to go into these times. And Timothy, 
from what I have studied of him over the years, he was a very timid kind of a guy. You know, he didn't like controversy. He didn't like to stand up and, and he didn't like to, to get involved in, in disputes and things. He would just rather shy away. And listen, you can't do that and you can't be that way in the church of Jesus Christ. You have to stand for what's right and you can't let evil get a root in the church or in people's lives. You have to help people pull away from that kind of thing. And we're supposed to lift each other up, help each other, dust each other off, encourage each other, pray for each other, even tell each other, hey, you're wrong about that. And listen, God's not pleased with that. Let me pray with you. We don't have to be hateful and mean with each other, but we have to be lifting each other up to help each other to recover through all the wiles of the devil. We are dealing with a devil that has extreme power. He's a created higher being than you are. And you have to understand that you ain't going to make it without the, the power of Jesus Christ. The scripture clearly tells us that we're not uh, warring against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. I mean, we are dealing with things that is out of our realm and we have to deal with it through Jesus Christ. We have to allow God to be able to work through us so that he can lead us through this night and away from all the traps, as the scripture says, of the fowler. He lays things in front of you so that he can trap you. But if you take Jesus's hand, and this is what Timothy was being told, take the Lord's hand and he will guide you through this uh, world you're, that you're getting ready to face. So that's kind of a small setup. You know, there's so much to these wonderful books. And we're going to take a look at some of this. And in 1 Timothy, in chapter 1, Paul just, you know, in, in every letter except for Philippians, he was giving his uh, title. Uh, and typically in the early writers in the, in the day, they would list who they were and, and who they were writing to. And in every one of Paul's letter, he letters that he wrote, except to the Philippians, he would also he would always say that he's an apostle of Jesus Christ. Listen, appointed by the command of God, our Savior, Christ Jesus, right? Who gives us hope. So he's saying that the office that he holds isn't something that he personally just uh, invented for himself or that he just declared himself to be something that he was not, that he was actually called by God to this office in which he holds in Christ Jesus. Let me just stop there. If you're not a preacher called by God, stop preaching. If you're not a pastor called by God, stop pastoring. This is what's happening in the churches today. People look at being a pastor or a preacher as some career choice, man. I mean, that's so... Uh, crazy. The scripture says, Jesus himself says, I choose you. You don't choose me when it comes to this kind of a thing. I have, I have known personally over all these years, I will not mention names, but I have known people who just chose to go into church and be a preacher like they were going to be a tool and die maker. Uh, God was not involved in it at all. And typically you can tell when these people step into the pulpit, there is no anointing. There is no call from God. There is no mantle upon this person that is bringing forth uh, the word of God as if he is an oracle of God. The scripture says, woe to the shepherds. 
Woe to the prophets who says, Thus saith the Lord when I have not spoken. So it's extremely important to understand right out of the gate that this letter from Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, he's telling us God did this. He didn't do this. That's so important. I can tell you, I, Jay Keaton, was called by God. I, I wasn't even taken to church when I was young. I had no idea. My dad was the son of a preacher. But we never went to church. I couldn't fake this thing. And when I got saved, I remember my calling. I felt like something was missing. There was something I wasn't doing, but I wasn't aware of it. I knew that I was living for God. I was going to church and I was happy and I was saved. I knew that, but something was wrong. And until I got on my face one night and I prayed and asked God to show me, what is this hole that I have in my heart? What is this thing that you are trying to tell me? I'm an ignorant man, Lord. And God, I remember getting off of my face in the bedroom floor, going to the door and opening the door. And it felt like something fell on me from above. And instantaneously, I was enlightened to the fact that I was to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then pastoring was a separate calling even after that. But he, he, he called me and put me into a group that said, you are the one that I will speak to you and then you speak to the people. This is what we have to have. And you as church people should settle for nothing less when you go to church than a God-called preacher. Take that advice. And the church has to respond to that pastorship. He says in verse 2, I am writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. Now, whether or not Paul was the one that led him to Jesus Christ, we're not really for sure about that. But he looks at Timothy as a son in the faith. In other words, someone who he's going to pass something to, something spiritual. His, he knew that Timothy was sincere. He knew that he was truly saved. He knew that he had been born again. He knew that he had been redeemed and justified and that he had been filled with God's Holy Spirit. He knew that there had been a change that happened in Timothy. He knew him. He knew what he stood for. He knew that Jesus Christ, the, the, the witness of God's Holy Spirit was, was, something you could easily see in his life and wit witness to your spirit. And Paul's saying, he's my true son in the faith. I'm, gonna, I'm going to give something to him, pass something on to him. And he, and he makes it uh, to where Timothy is the highlight of this letter, even though this letter is to be read to all the congregations throughout the area and in Ephesus where he was to remain here. And we're going to learn this here in just a second. But he's telling everyone, this is Timothy, and he's trying to help him out. Remember, I said Timothy was kind of a timid kind of a guy. So, so Paul writes this letter to him as like a verification to the church that, listen, Timothy, you're to respect him. I'm passing this on to him. So it was a help to young Timothy. On oh man, what I'm telling you, it, it is so good. I'm telling you, so good to have a mentor 
someone you can look up to, someone who you know will give you good advice, someone who you feel that you can depend on. Oh, I want to be that for people because I had that in my spiritual walk. I had people that I could call on the phone, that I could text and ask questions to. I had people that I could depend on. And we need to do that. We need to be got, so to speak, people in our life so that we can we can help them and to lift them up and to encourage them. I love to do that. I love to my studying, my preaching. I, that's all I want is for people to get saved, encouraged and helped and lifted up in Jesus Christ. He said, I'm writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. In other words, listen to him. Don't give him a hard time, so to speak. But I'm passing this on to him. May God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. The typical salutation of the day. Now, Paul goes on to to talk to Timothy and warn him against false teachings. And we'll, we'll stop here, here in just a minute. I don't want to go be too lengthy with you because there's so much to go through here. And I'm going to highlight, we may not walk through every verse, but I want to definitely hit every single thing that uh, that is very, very important throughout this letter. He says, when I left for Macedonia, I urged you to stay there in Ephesus, listen, and stop those whose teaching in con- uh, whose teachings is contrary to the truth. Don't let them waste their time in endless discussions and myths and spiritual pedigrees. These things only lead to meaningless speculations which don't help people live a life of faith in God. I want to stop there just for a second. Remember, he's writing this letter to Timothy, which is to be read in all the churches, right? Which is to be read there at Ephesus. So do you see what Paul's doing here? When I left for Macedonia, Paul is talking to Timothy, but he's sending a message to the church. That he's sending this message to the church, backing up what Timothy was ta- was doing and had done, right? And now he's letting them know that there is teaching that is contrary to the truth. This is called church discipline. You just can't let everything go in the church as a pastor. You've got to stand for proper teaching and proper doctrine and truth and and not to not to allow things that leads to divisions, okay? Uh, and and meaningless speculations as Paul says, which you you have to promote things that help people live a life of faith in God. If outsiders can't see a difference between the church and the world, then what good is it? There has to be a difference. There has to be a standard in which we live. There has to be a platform on which we stand. If if not, then we're no better than anybody else. Listen to what he says in verse 5. The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart. Listen to that. He wants people to stop doing things that cause division, to stop teaching things that's contrary to the truth of the gospel, to to not waste time on their endless discussions of myths and spiritual pedigrees and meaningless speculations. But he wants people, he he wants believers 
who would be filled with the love of God that comes from a pure heart. Listen at this, a clear conscience and genuine faith. The idea is people of the church should have a, a pure heart. And we shouldn't tolerate anything less than that in the church. A clear conscience and genuine faith. A pure heart, one that is truly in sync with Jesus Christ. That's what we should be lifting each other up and helping each other to attain. A pure heart to pray with each other, to be on the altar with each other, to hold hands and and go through life struggles with each other and help promote relationship between a person and God. That's what we're to be doing. And we should have a clear conscience. How's your conscience? Is your conscience good or bad? I challenge you to look deeply inside yourself. Paul said that he constantly strived to have a conscience that's clear between God and him and God and him and man. So Paul's conscience is good between him and God, and there's no problems between him and another person. If you can say that, you're doing good. If you just choose to try to convince yourself that everything's okay, then you need to reevaluate that. Because if your conscience isn't clear between you and someone else, then it can't be clear between you and God because we are to promote peace and we are to, if we have aught with anyone, settle it. You see, sometimes you can't help what others think of you. But you have got a responsibility on how we, you are to behave with others. But if your heart is pure, as the scripture says, then you can have a clear conscience because your faith is genuine. That's how all this works. Genuine faith in Jesus Christ creates a clear heart, which should create in you a clear conscience. And the scripture goes on to say, and and I'm preaching out of the NLT, by the way, it's very clear on this, and it's extremely important that you understand this. But in verse six, it says, but some people have missed this whole point. They have turned away from these things and spend their time in meaningless discussions. They want to be known as teachers of the law of Moses, but they don't know what they are talking about even though they speak so confidently. I want to stop right there. And I want to ask you, is your heart pure? Do you have genuine faith? Is your faith in Jesus Christ pure? Have you submitted your life to him? Is your conscience clear between you and man? Is there someone in your life you need to make things right with? Is there something between you and God that you haven't yet you feel like you haven't gotten a breakthrough on? I want to pray with you. Bow your heads with me real quick and let's let's pray together. I want to help you. I want to lift you up. I want to ask God to 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 help you with whatever it is that you're going through. Father, in the name of Jesus, to every person that's made it this far into this podcast and they're they're praying with me right now, I pray for them, God. You know them. 
You know them better than they know their self. You know the secret places of their heart. You know the very intent of their heart. You know, and you even test the mind, you say, you say in your scripture, God. You know the very secret places and the corridors of our soul, and there's nothing hidden from you. God, I pray in the name of Jesus for a breakthrough for those who feel oppressed for salvation, Lord God, for those who might ask you to forgive them of all their sins. God, I pray for anyone, Lord, who has aught with someone, that, Lord God, they would make things right and that, Lord, we would lift each other up. I pray for a clear conscience for people with you, between you and the people, and people with other people. And, God, we just ask you to guide us and lead us and be with us. Oh, Lord, we love you and we treasure you. And we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Give me a shout or text me if you have any questions. And let me know what God has done for you. God bless you.